You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, this is listener discretion advice from me, Gareth Russell, author of Young and Damned and Fair, The Life of Catherine Howard, fifth wife of Henry VIII. Katie and Nathan have asked me to warn you that there is language in this episode as colourful as Catherine's magnificent jewellery. So if cursing or swearing isn't your proverbial cup of tea, then discretion is advised. Consider yourself warned on that count, and also consider yourself promised a fascinating episode on the life of the tragic and enigmatic Queen Catherine. Hi, this is Katie. And this is Nathan. And you're listening to Queen's Podcast, the show about badass women in history. Is it another season of Queen's Podcast? Seven seasons. It's, uh, like, it's like the first day back at school. I know. It's just like back in the habit. Yes. Like I haven't talked to you almost every day since we've been it's since we've been gone. Now. But <laughs> now we are back <laughs> for season seven. I am so excited to kick it off with this gal yes. who has been on everybody's wish list. <laughs> oh, oh! when me and Nathan last year, when we were talking about this season, I was like, I really think we need to do her. And Nathan was like, I think we might get, you know, death threats if we don't do her pretty soon. People are getting <laughs> restless. So Nathan, who are we talking about today? Uh, Catherine Howard. Oh. oh. <laughs> Poor the baby story Kitty. Just, the story, the story is just horrible yes <laughs> and buckle up buttercup <laughs> buckle up buttercup um i feel like this episode if you are if this is your first queen's podcast episode ever listening to and you're not where have you been hi welcome <laughs> but also and you don't know anything about like um renaissance history this might not be the best one to jump into i would yeah. suggest go back and start with maybe our Catherine of Aragon episode or something, but Cathay, I'll link to all of those in the show notes as well. But yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm not excited because unfortunately I know how this story ends, but I'm happy to be talking to, to you here today. <laughs> yeah, don't, all right. I don't want to laugh at that. It's, it's, it's pretty awful. But what's not pretty awful is this drink, Nathan. Give us, give uh, us the deets. Give us the hmm. recipe super simple guys like easy peasy lemon squeezy except not lemon but peachy, peachy. um <laughs> so half a shot of peach schnapps half a shot of vodka top it off with champagne Ooh. it is beautiful for a summer day yes it is beautiful and perfect and everything's awesome until it's not <laughs> and that's our, <laughs> that's our girl's story <laughs> yeah so what's the cocktail called just the peachy 
Yes. The Poochie. I love it. <laughs> so I um, thought I wasn't going to be able to drink alcohol today because I am recovering from the plague and I didn't want to have. Uh, so by the plague, she means COVID. COVID. <laughs> so my voice sounds a little different. That's what's going on. But I just tested negative. So I might go get some drinks Yay. after this. But I made a um, mocktail version of this and it is equally really, really good. I just used, I think it's just like Welch's uh, sparkling peach grape juice with there's this brand that makes fake vodka keep it around the house just in case you know maybe we have a friend coming over that's pregnant or doesn't drink or whatever and we still want to make them a mocktail or something um so i put a shot of that in there and the peachy grape juice and i put a bunch of fruit in it and a little bit of topo chico at the top like and it was delish delicious delicious (laughs) okay before we get started, we've got a couple of Patreon shout-outs. Shout-outs. Shout so thank you so much to all of our Patreon supporters, Marissa, Sonia, Michelle, Emily, Christina, Tylee, Angela, Desiree, Megan, and Mary. Also, Wilhelmina, Jean, Amber, Maribeth, Emma, Jessica, Natalie, Savannah, and Sydney. Yes! Thank you so much to all of our Patreon supporters on every level and just all of our listeners and followers. We yeah, love you. You listen to us. We love you. We love you <laughs> because we love ourselves and that's your this kid. You know, we love the yeah. sound of our own voices. And so we're so happy you're here. <laughs> speak, speak for yourself. Every time I edit, I'm like, God damn it, Nathan, shut up. No, sometimes I catch myself editing and I'm like, this chick again. Fuck. <laughs> Preach. <laughs> So let's get started. Let's get started. So Catherine Howard was born in... <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. <laughs> but we know she was born between 1521 and 1526. Oh, Ish. there's a five-year gap-ish. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but most experts believe that she was born in 1523, 1524, and we know where, though, oh. and that's important, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> At least we know that. She was born in Lambeth in England, which is near London. Again, if you've listened to this show before, you've probably heard that last name, Howard. That's a pretty important family in England. Um, so let's meet her dad, Edmund Howard. Edmund Howard wasn't good at very many things. Except? Except being in debt. He was real good at having no money. (laughs) Same. (laughs) In the early years of Henry VIII's reign as king of England, Edmund and his brother and sisters around his same age all went to work in service for the king in in some way. And they all did really well and made good marriages, made good matches, except... For Edmund. Um, yeah. He, he's just not super popular, y'all. <laughs> he wasn't popular. Popular. <laughs> he's not popular. He has a really bad gambling problem. <laughs> it's super bad. I read this one story in Gareth Russell's book where he talks about, at first, Edmund seemed like he was popular at court. And then there was like this jousting match and everyone was letting King Henry win, but Edmund wouldn't let him win. And he kept beating him. And after that, he was just never invited back to court. Sounds about right. <laughs> Fragile dick energy. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, so that is Catherine's dad. He married a somewhat wealthy widow named Joyce Culpepper. And that's Catherine's mom. Uh, Catherine's mom had five kids 
from her first marriage. And then Joyce and Edmund have six more kids together. So Catherine was her mother's 10th child. Sadly, mom dies. Yeah, that's so many babies and mom dies because of it. (laughs) Probably didn't help anything. Jeez. Um, But she died in 1528. That's Catherine's mom. Catherine would have been at the oldest only four years old. Yeah. So we don't know how she died or how that affected Catherine, but we don't even know if she even remembers her mom. Yeah, I kind of wonder about that because like, and I think this probably sets the stage for things later in Catherine's life. So her mom dies when she's four. I feel like I I remember things from when I was four, but how much special attention would would she ever have gotten from either of her parents with all these other kids running around? You know what I mean? No, I completely agree. I completely agree. Yeah. And dad very quickly marries another widow with an inheritance. Huh. Mm. What a coincidence. Mm. Hmm. gambler (laughs) but by this point he's kind of a fugitive um he's always running from people who owe him money and back then they called that like debtor's prison right hey if you're in debt you're gonna go to jail that's what that means yeah (laughs) Um, oh god i know so many people that'd be in so much jail (laughs) so much jail so he's he's basically just dodging the cops all day or day Bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna what do? You gonna do? What, what you gonna, gonna do? What you gonna do when it comes? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So we get the vibe that Catherine probably didn't see much of her dad. And in 1530, her dad reached out to his niece. Um, maybe you've heard of his niece. Her Ooh. name was Anne Boleyn. Maybe you've heard of her. Maybe you've heard of her. Maybe. In 1530, Anne Boleyn was not yet Queen of England, but she was just as powerful she was basically queen you know like she pulled the strings you know with the king with the king (laughs) so she was very powerful and influential and yeah and so dad daddy writes to her being like hey please for the love of god help me out here help please please like (laughs) please yes and for her like family connections in the tudor court were fucking huge like it was such a big deal so she if she has an uncle who is literally like dodging the cops left and right. That looks bad for her. So she's like, she pulls some strings and get him, gets him a job in Calais, which is in. She's going, going back, back to Calais, Calais. Calais. Yes. <laughs> That's in France. That's yes. y'all. <laughs> y'all. France. <laughs> France, y'all. So he goes to France. He moves to France and it doesn't appear that he takes any of his children with him. We don't know where all his kids went, but we do know that Catherine and her brother Henry were sent off to live in a house in Edmund's stepmom, with Edmund's stepmom. So Agnes Howard, the Dowager Duchess of Norfolk. Oh, I love how you said the Dowager Duchess. I love it. <laughs> I need that name, Dowager Duchess of Foster. Just call, just call yourself the Dowager Duchess I'm... of Austin. Yeah, sure. <laughs> when? <laughs> yeah. So this is this is pretty normal. And we've seen this a lot, where you send your girls off to get educated outside of the home. That's a normal practice. So this isn't like what we think of as neglect. Like, I, I'm i sending her off so I don't have to deal with her. No, I'm sending her off to get more educated. Yeah. Um, they were just more equipped to 
give children better educations at that time. And right. Seven, yeah. Yeah. Like you would, um, one, there was a fear that parents would spoil their kids. So that's one reason they did it is like send them to somebody who's not, um, who doesn't love them as much. So they won't spoil them. <laughs> oh God. But then it's also true. like certain, <laughs> certain people in the country, like specialized in like, Oh, I'm going to make sure I have the best tutors that live here. The best, you know, blah, 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 to make sure your kids do get the best education as possible. Absolutely. So Agnes, yeah, Agnes had this reputation. She had a lot of kids as her quote unquote wards. She just had a reputation of you send your kids there to live with her. They're going to come out knowing how to act right if they want to be a lady in waiting to the queen, how to act right if they want to marry a duke and da 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 da. So yeah, it was a good place for her to go. Very Bridgerton. <laughs> it is very Bridgerton, isn't it? <laughs> Maybe it was based on something. IDK. 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 One thing we're going to learn about Catherine is that she's not so bookish. And that's okay. Um, yes, that's fine. She's got a lot of other qualities that yes. are amazing and beautiful yes. and fabulous. But because of this, she never really kept a journal. She didn't write things down. She didn't write any letters. We don't have this flowery language that we may have seen from Anne Boleyn where, you know, you have letters love letters. Existed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But unfortunately, we also, that means we don't know how she felt about. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I wish also that I knew if she had ever met Agnes before. It's her step-grandmother. So did they do Christmas together? Or was this, like, she never really met her before? That makes a big difference, too. Do you know what I mean? It does. No, it does. Like, what was her influence, right? Yeah. Like, well, she was like, like oh, was who's this lady? I've never met her before. Or was she like, oh, Grandma's house. You know, like. We yeah. Do, we Th- just... That's a big difference. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, so I wish that she, we had any any idea of how she felt about this. Because, I mean, like, in quick succession, like, mom dies, dad moves overseas, you're sent to live with your grandma. And it's like, we just have no idea how she felt about any of that. And yeah, I hate that. Sounds like trauma. Sounds like trauma. Lots of trauma. Childhood trauma. Sorry. But how she felt was probably not taken into consideration, Mm -hmm. like many women that we've talked about. Um, And Agnes had a good reputation. Agnes had a good reputation for raising smart educated women and with Catherine being the highest ranking girl there she would have gotten all the experience of how to be a lady of the household like how to run shit bitches get shit done yes um (laughs) just like our mugs on our merch store say go to t public winky face (laughs) (laughs) like the hope is that maybe one day she'll marry a duke She'll not marry a duchess. I was going to say that. And that, that would have been, that would have been illegal happened. back then. Yeah. So it's important for her to see what it's like to be a duchess, right? Exactly. Like it's important for her to see the, the ground division. <laughs> now I want to do some scene setting here of how awestruck Catherine probably would have been because, you know, when she lived with her parents, they had a small staff. Um, they had maids and valets and stuff like that. But the vibe at her grandmother's place is totally different. The Dowager Duchess had a staff of 240 people. What? 240 people were on the payroll. 
just to make her house run. God, I wish. 240. <laughs> I need one. I, right? <laughs> 240. Huh. So, like, along with the 240 people that ran the house, we have to also imagine that, like, priceless art is on the wall. Even the staff is in the most fashionable clothes. Everything was uh, everything was fancy this was a fancy fucking it place it was just peachy it was just peachy <laughs> but like so imagine you're a kid i mean she's not coming from the slums by any means but she walks into this place where it's like oh shit like i i'm just trying to imagine how daunting that would be you know like <sighs> i would <ooh>. overwhelming yes <laughs> overwhelming um, yes <laughs> the duchess was probably the wealthiest widow in the entire country and Catherine's family have been up to this point living in shoestring, shitty situations, like bad budgets. Yeah. Somebody needs to balance it. Right. So this would have been an adjustment. Yes. So there's priceless arts on the wall. All the staff, always priceless art. You're dressed dripping in jewels, Eleganza. <laughs> all the pearls, all the diamonds, all the rupees, yes. all the sapphires. Yes, queen. Oh. <laughs> And I think Catherine looked around and went, okay. <laughs> as okay. would I. As would I. I could get used to this shit. Like, mm-hmm. Because from then on out and for the rest of Catherine's life, she only wanted the nicest things. I think, I mean, I mean who doesn't? But I think. Not she, the same. <laughs> yeah. She came from you know, her family that were basically kind of like social outcasts. And now she's in a spot where she is exposed to the nicest things. And she's like, oh, no, 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 I am never going back. This is, I'm going to do whatever it takes Mm -hmm. to maintain this kind of, honestly, security. Because it doesn't seem like she had it in her home with her mom and her dad. She's like, I like this security. This is comfortable. This is me for the rest of my life. Can you blame her? No, who, who? Who could? No. <laughs> like, yeah. I like I like fancy things mm-hmm. too, and I don't want to go back to trash. Exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I think little baby Catherine looked around and went, mm, "Kind of like this shit." I like it. <laughs> I around. All right. So, what would her day to day life look like mm-hmm. now? So, etiquette was a huge part of her education. It was her education. I mean. She knew how to read and write, but the big focus in her upbringing was that she needed to be suitable for someone really important one day. And (laughs) so she has to carry herself like a lady. (laughs) Yes. And let us tell you, Catherine was good at it. She understood the fucking assignment when it was like etiquette training. She was like, I am going to be the most poised. I am going to be perfect and everyone that met her from a very young age was like what a well-behaved little girl this little girl obviously knows her shit like you know like what fork to use speak when to be spoken to the kind of curtsy to do all that stuff that you and i would be completely lost (laughs) yeah no 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 but no she was perfect she always looked perfect she always dressed perfect she always knew when to speak what to say knew everyone's titles literally everyone that came around to visit the dowager duchess would see her granddaughter catherine and be like she is such a testament to your good work how good you are at like bringing up these girls she's the perfect child she's gonna make 
the best wife for some really important dude one day. Yeah, and also since a lot of non-noble families sent their daughters to be educated there, those girls were more or less Catherine's ladies-in-waiting, Yeah, if you shall, yeah. um, because that was part of her education, right? Like, it was learning how to run your staff and your home and your this and your that. So those girls would all hope to one day maybe have jobs being a lady-in-waiting to a duchess or countess or princess or whatever. So it's just... Everyone, a good practice for everyone. Everyone's right? getting like a practical education. Yeah. 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 And then, so if the Duchess was at home, uh, Catherine and her brother would sit at ta- the table with her for dinner and like whoever she has over for dinner because she liked to host quite a lot. While the rest of the people that were like wards, so the other girls and stuff, had a different table to sit at. So again, I think this is really, this probably made her feel special. This probably made her feel important and reminded her of like, if I just stay on this path of being so well behaved and like having my manners to a T, this is my future. The the main table. The main table for me or bust is basically what she, what she felt. And when the Duchess wasn't there... <laughs> Things are a little different, yeah. if you couldn't tell by the inflection in our voices. Um, Agnes went to court a lot, and this woman was a massive, massive gossip. So she loved to be at court so she could see what everyone was wearing, who was there, who took who to court, what love affairs were happening, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Hashtag... Relatable. Relatable, yeah. <laughs> that would have that been me. I would have been like, well, I'm going back because, I mean, gossip back then. Gossip at the Tudor court was currency, basically. Yes, you know what I mean? Yes. Like, it was. You were smarter if you knew what was going on in court. Yes. Uh, yeah. A hundy. So, whenever, <laughs> when the Duchess was at court, things were a lot more lax around the house. Uh, like, they were supposed to just carry on as usual, which they did. But, like, when the Duchess wasn't around, like, uh, Catherine and her little ladies-in-waiting would stay up till midnight gossiping and play pranks on their teachers and stuff like that, which is just, like, normal nine-year-old kid stuff, you know? Right, right? Yeah. Like, you're, you get to be a kid. Yay. Yay. <laughs> now, it does seem like Catherine did have some anxiety issues, yeah. which also kind of relatable. Also hashtag relatable. <laughs> yeah, right? She she would beat herself up if she made a mistake as a kid. Yeah. She would stress the fuck over it and or stress out because of it and always made sure she remembered everybody's names. Checking, double checking, triple checking, OCD-ish. Yeah, um, that, like kind of like, oh, I'm supposed to look the best. Like, oh, am I sure I have the right shoes on? I got to check my shoes again. You know, just like things yeah. like, like I can just feel the anxiety coming off of it because her entire worth has been put on... That she's the perfect child, do you know? She's got to be perfect, 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 perfect. So, of course, that stresses her the fuck out. Yes. <laughs> but I guess when you're being told your whole life that how you present yourself is the is only thing only that matters, worth? that's yeah. all that that is what that's, her, yeah, her, her work worth. has been built up to, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I hate this for her already. If you're not 100%, because she knows what her life was before she came to the house of the Duchess, if I'm not 100% perfect... I'm going to go back to living a life running from the cops, you know, like, so yeah. huh, that is a, that's a 
lot for a child. Yeah, she took that shit to heart. And when she was stressed out, it was really common for her to snap, you know? And I feel that on a whole other level. Like, sometimes when you're so stressed out, it's just, like, temper. What what is the, like, so tight, like a tight wire, you know? Like, it's going to break. Yeah, Katie's pulling a string. Yeah, you can't see. I'm (laughs) pulling an invisible string. But, no, um, she would have a really bad temper. And on more than one occasion, whenever she was young, the girls that were her friends, I mean, the girls that were her ladies in waiting, they were also her friends, you know, and she never necessarily treated them like, oh, you're below me until she would have her little snap temper tantrums. And then it was just like, she would be really, she could be really mean to them and yell at them, you know, do some physical abuse, but like, not physical abuse, uh, some verbal abuse. You're below me, blah, 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 blah. You know, that was out of character for her otherwise. So anxiety is a son of a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Preach. (laughs) Another good thing that came from living with her grandmother was exposure to her family, right? Her whole Howard family. Um, Since everyone kind of avoided her dad because he was a little bit problematic back then. um, Catherine probably didn't know a bunch about her aunts, her uncles, and didn't know anything about that. But now they're coming over to visit the Dowager Duchess <laughs> all the time. And remember, it's it was only her dad who wasn't popular. The rest of the family was totally successful, influential. There was nothing about that. Yeah. So it's good because, yay, she's getting to know her family, but... It's also good because prospects. Future pro- <laughs> yeah, like, oh, maybe one of them can keep me in mind if there's ever a duke that needs a wife. <laughs> like, what or whatever. You yes, know? yes. Everyone always said the same thing about Catherine, is that she was such a well-behaved little girl, but more than anything else, is that she was so pretty. So <sighs> that is child Catherine. We're going to skip ahead and get into teenager Catherine, but first, I think I need a refill on my peachy drink. Because everything's so peachy. Because everything's just going to be great from here on. <laughs> Liza Minnelli. Lies. <laughs> we'll be right back. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Magic mirror on the wall. Who are the most rotten ones of all? Hello, my darlings, and welcome to Rotten to the Core. Here, we will scry into the past and discover some rotten apples throughout our history. Have no fear, my pretties, for we shall learn a lesson, not only about their horrendous deeds, but also about our own power. Let's step out of the shadow of the past and help pull it towards the light. I'm your host, Josh Waters, and I'll be the queen guiding you on our journey. Now, come along, dears. We have lessons to learn. History is waiting. 
And we're back. We're and back. Like we said, we're going to skip a little bit forward, fast forward. Zoop. And she's 13 years old. And that's when Agnes starts to realize that maybe Catherine's education had been neglected a little bit. A little bit. All the noble girls at the time were expected to know how to play at least one musical instrument. And Catherine did not. She did not. So a couple of music teachers were hired. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I'm sorry. I said that uh, spoiler alert. It, you yeah. hear it in my voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Honestly, this was kind of late. Like music teachers were used to teaching kids that were like 5 years old. So the fact that she's 13, it was um back also you have to remember that in the 1500s 13 was considered a young adult. Um which I know using our like social conventions Our now using yeah <laughs> and knowing that what we not. know about like cognitive <laughs> development and stuff like that now we're like 13 was a young adult but when you're a 13 year old in the 1500s that was kind of more of like being like a 17 year old is kind of how it was viewed now I, it's icky but i feel like that's important to kind of keep in your mind uh, yeah uh, it is uh, and it's awful everything um, oh you know what maybe just hey everything from here for like the next 20 minutes is icky. Yes. Um, one of those music teachers brought in was a guy named Henry Mannix. And Henry was in his early 20s. <laughs> and we will learn that he is very much Catherine's type. Mm-hmm. Handsome, a little bit cocky, full of himself, and maybe not like the smartest guy in the room. We've we've all been guilty of dating this type. Look. Yes. Look. Look at your life. Look at your choices. (laughs) (laughs) Now, um, Catherine Henry started some kind of physical relationship soon after he joined the household. And now this is not unheard of because all of her little ladies in waiting, they all pretty much had boyfriends from the household staff. So I'm sure, I mean, she's 13. When you're 13, you just want boys to like you. And so I'm sure she was also like, well, if all my friends have boyfriends. Why can't I have a boyfriend too? And why not a musician? Bitches love musicians. <laughs> it's true. It's I mean, true. It's true. <laughs> and a lot of people view what Henry Mannix was doing was grooming. Yeah. I want to be very careful about how we approach this subject as well because, oh, it's just icky you know how can it not be icky? how can it not be yeah because he's a grown-ass man and she's 13 and Bingo. while it's fucking a thousand percent icky and Catherine probably didn't understand what she was getting into i think it's also to remember that 13 wasn't a child back then so they expected uh... her to be an adult hashtag anxiety oh god <laughs> no yeah it not we're not saying it's not creepy because it absolutely is creepy but to society back then it's not as icky as we view it now (sighs) i wish they just would have understood age gaps yeah (laughs) or that he he was her teacher also there's an authoritative figure either way Catherine was smitten kitten she was all down for it and it it was probably exciting to her yeah like They'd sneak off after school Mm. and find a little hidden corner of the manor to just go and make out in. And they they never went all the way. They didn't fully bump butts, no. (laughs) No bumping butts. And 
this went on for two years. That surprised me of how long. Uh, and when you're 13, two years is a million years, you know? But one day, I think they didn't know that Agnes was home from court. And she caught them making out. And she loses her fucking shit. Like, she absolutely freaks out. And she slaps Catherine across the face. Wait. And, and she yells at Mannix. Yeah. Okay, wait, wait. You should reverse that. Yep. Slap Mannix on the face and yell at Agnes. Like, yell at Catherine. Like, what? What? Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Agnes is not a perfect person, as we're going to learn. <laughs> what I really don't get is that she didn't fire Manic. Why did she like, fire him? Why did she? She should have. <laughs> like, you're, you're making out with the girls that I'm responsible for. Fire the motherfucker. Sounds like, like it. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it really and pisses me off. <laughs> it pisses me off, too. Like, she's not a perfect person. And by that, I mean Agnes yeah. is not a perfect person. No. And, like, you're paying one of these people to keep your child safe. To teach them like, and... Like your reputation hangs on that these girls come out of your school, like, perfect. But then to take your anger out on the girl who, ah, it just, it's like, wrong person. Like, channel that energy into <laughs> someone else. It's incredibly <laughs> frustrating. I feel like we need to move on because we're not going to get any relief from this. And we're like, oh, but oh, it just pisses <laughs> me off so much. So I think what the reason behind this, and we'll find this later, too. I think Agnes just really liked having hot guys on her staff. Oh, oh, okay. Especially ones that are funny and charming as well. I think maybe she had the same type as that Catherine Howard had. She's like, I don't want to fire the cute guy and have to hire an uggo. Is honestly, that is what, because we'll see it again a little bit later, but that's what I feel like it comes down to with this situation, which is also ugh. gross. Yes. Oh. That's, that's what, that's what that noise. <laughs> <is>. well, <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like if my job was to raise my young granddaughter to be the perfect wife, maybe I'd take a little bit more responsibility in this situation yeah. and fire the fucking creepy musician. <laughs> like yeah. he was, he was weirdo. And, but no, she freaks out on Catherine, like stop blaming the woman. Yes. I said it. I said the, it here first. The child. <laughs> or the child. Like, same. The girl. Um, Stop blaming the girl. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, their relationship was going on for about two years, like we said. And Mannix, that's about the time that Mannix started, like, really pressuring Catherine to have sex. They had done pretty much everything else. Yeah, but they had never gone all the way, all the way. And Catherine starts to get the ick. Whenever he's pressuring her so hard, which... As one would. (laughs) As one would. I think that is also something that we should look at with, like, yeah, okay, she was considered to be a woman. But when it comes to, like, the actual physical part of it, I think that's awesome that she had... She had the autonomy to not be... To not feel pressured into it, you know? She didn't... Yeah, she liked him, and she was boy crazy, but not to the point where she was going to do something that she didn't want to do. There's been a, a lot of girls that were young, that were pressured into doing something they didn't want to do. So I think that also does show us something about her personality. She's You're not going to make her do something she doesn't want to do. No, I agree. And that kind of makes me love her, you know? I I just love her in general. I just love her anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Finally, Catherine was like, nope, 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 nope. I'm over it. Over this. Mm -mm. Over it. And she broke up with him, and Mannix was like, 
flabbergasted. Didn't see it coming. How dare you? Uh, <laughs> some people overheard them having a fight in which they said she was unnecessarily cruel in what she said to him while breaking up, which things about his rank, his family. Yeah. Like, it was stuff like that. Like, my grandfather was a duke, and you think She that... probably called him a peasant. Probably. <laughs> She definitely had a mean streak when she needed to. Not on her day-to-day, but when she needed to. She could be ruthless, which makes... I wish we knew... Same. I wish we knew her sign. (laughs) Scorpio. That's what what I was wondering. But you know what? I get it. Have you ever tried to break up with somebody and they just weren't getting it through their fucking head? And so maybe you need to say, use stronger language than you necessarily wanted to in the first place? Dude, I'm a member of one of the most influential families in the fucking country get it through your head this is not happening we're done yes and that was the end of boyfriend bow number one bow number one (laughs) and now Catherine is 16 years old and she's single ready to mingle and if everyone thought she was so so pretty as a child well (laughs) then get the fuck out of here because at 16 she is now a stone cold certified hottie patati hot tea we don't know exactly what she looked like because none of the portraits that we know today like when people if you google katherine howard none of those are like confirmed katherine howard portraits but we do know she was hot she was hot and every man that fell in love with met her fell in love with her and probably some of the ladies too katherine knew her effect on men and she loved it yes i mean let's check the facts she probably hadn't received a lot of attention growing up her dad doesn't seem like he was super duper family oriented and he bounced around a lot and left the country because hashtag debt hello daddy issues (laughs) and we don't know a whole lot about her mom but she had so many kids that i doubt any of them got special attention so she probably loved all of this attention that she got because she looked beautiful and she was this woman of I'm the court special now yeah yeah i just go you know ever hug your kids <laughs> that's the uh, moral of the story moral just of the story tell, hug your tell them they're beautiful hug your fucking kids make them feel special In the spring of 1538, the Dowager Duchess moved her primary residence to Norfolk House in Lambeth. And not long after that, she met this super cute guy that worked as the Duchess's private secretary. And his name was Francis Darum. And she was like, oh, who is that? Franny with the panties. Oh, (laughs) okay. Okay. So Francis was a huge player. He had actually already slept with one of the Catherine's ladies-in-waiting, and that girl told Catherine, like, oh, he is a romp in the sheets. He's so much fun. You should def talk to him. So she did. Spoiler alert. <laughs> oh, she did more than talk to him, am I right? Oh, uh, you're, she did. <laughs> <laughs> a little about Darum. He was very much Catherine's type. Uh, very similar with Maddox in that he's handsome. He's cocky. He's maybe a little bit full of himself, and he maybe doesn't think before he says things out loud. Um, Now, his family was a little bit more connected than Maddox's family had been, like a little bit 
wealthier, just more connections, but still, you know, not nowhere near like Catherine's reach potential. But he was very, very charming. And the Duchess, the Dowager Duchess Agnes, loved having him around. We all know that too handsome for his own good guy that like can't help but flirt with anything that lives, right? Yeah, no, we all... We all know a Francis Derham, right? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Derham was also into Catherine. Like, like we said, everyone was into her. Like, she's this beautiful, fabulous woman. And it wasn't long before the two of them became an official item. Yes. Okay, so let's set the scene a little bit. All the girls lived in this part of the mansion that is called uh, the Maiden's Chamber. And at night, the Duchess would send all the girls to bed. So it was kind of almost like a dorm room, like a big room. Yeah. Where everybody had beds that they shared and um, like a common area where everybody could like get dressed together kind of thing. So at night, the Duchess would go to bed, send all the girls to their Maiden's Chamber. And she had a key that locked the door from the outside. So the girls couldn't sneak off and get into mischief, which also seems like a fire hazard, but whatever. (laughs) Neither here nor there. Neither here nor there. (laughs) This is some shit that 17-year-old Katie would have definitely pulled, so I absolutely... (laughs) Relate. From Catherine to Catherine, let's talk about this. (laughs) She snuck into the Dowager Duchess' room, found the key... And convinced, like, the blacksmith or whatever to make a copy for her. This is from Catherine to Catherine. From Catherine to Catherine. <laughs> Went and put the key back before the Dowager Duchess realized it was gone and gave the new copy to Darum. Okay, bad girl. Francis and the other young men that worked in the house would come up after the Duchess had gone to sleep. They'd get wine, some snacky snacks. They'd go from the kitchen to the bedroom, which mm. I relate. <laughs> and... <laughs> And the girls and guys would stay up flirting, talking to each other, drinking wine up until 3 a.m. This is from Catherine to Catherine. From Catherine to Catherine, yeah, I know. Oh, no, I've always thought I was Anne Boleyn. Am I Catherine Howard? Possibly. Oh. All right. <laughs> flirting and drinking wine isn't all they did. Because it, within the first couple of months of her knowing Darum, they, they definitely did go all the way. Um, like without a doubt, they would basically have sex. So in like the dorm room or whatever, all the girls would share beds, but, um, the beds might have like curtains around them. And so they would close the curtains on the bed so no one could see them, but people could definitely hear them. Yeah. Like curtains don't drown out the sound. Uh, that <laughs> is, that I hate, but yeah. <laughs> Exactly. (laughs) Some of Catherine's friends at the house were worried about her. Like, girl, you're going to get pregnant. And what's your plan after that? What what you got? Like, hello. Or what if he brags about boning you and the word gets out? Like, you're quote unquote spoiled at that point. Or damaged goods with big air quotes. Yeah. Yeah. Because for girls like Catherine, a good reputation was the only thing that mattered. Yes. Like if she was partying with boys until 3 a.m., that alone ruins the reputation. Right. Like let alone having premarital sex. Like that's not. But she's a teenager. I. A teenager (laughs) 40. And she thinks she's in love. For a time, she really 
does actually think she's in love with Darum. The world will never figure out how to stop horny teenagers from having sex with each other, you know? Like, oh, damn. You can't. It, it's it's just a, Yeah, yeah. And she was so much of her life was unsupervised as well. So. Catherine and Darum only dated for a few months, but it was intense Ooh. for a few months. <laughs> and they did not hide it at all. Mm-hmm. None of it was under the sheets. Well, some of it was under the sheets, but um, <laughs> Quite everyone knew. Everyone knew. Everyone knew. Except the Dowager Duchess. Except for the Dowager Duchess. <laughs> we don't know if she... So when the Dowager Duchess finds out, we don't know if she found out that they were going all the way, but she eventually figured out that they were an item. But maybe she thought it was like how it was with Mannix, just like making out and flirting. But she walks in on them one day, just like casually, like holding hands or hugging, like not anything super racy, but still enough to be like, what the fuck? And she slaps Catherine. Uh, again. Again. <laughs> she do- Now this time she does slap Darum as well. Right. Uh, I, I, I do not condone and physical violence, violence but yeah. like it, it, at least <laughs> it's equal. <laughs> At least it's equal this time. Yeah. Like, and then screamed at them and like threw like a huge temper tantrum. Yeah. She said they needed to call it off in their relationship. But again, she didn't fire the dude. I I just don't, I don't understand this woman. Me neither. Like you're concerned about your granddaughter's reputation and the reputation of your house. Fire the dude that is spoiling the reputation of your house. Thank you. <laughs> Katie just did this headbanging move. That was it's like, just... hello, obvious. Oh, my gosh. But again, Darum is cute and charming and probably flirts with her and, like, makes her feel good about herself. So he doesn't lose his job. And eventually the Dowager Duchess gives up trying to keep them apart. She's just like, okay, fine, whatever. So put a pin in that. Keep that in mind. Everyone knew that they were in this romantic relationship, but no, well, some people knew, but not everybody knew that they were fucking. The Duchess certainly didn't take any steps to stop the physical relationship, right? Like, she didn't do anything to be like, yo, bro, stop. (laughs) This woman got to die of natural causes in her bed, so lucky her. Not everybody will be so lucky. Don't Google it. Um... I don't mean to laugh, but... But it's just so fucked up. I can't. It's just so fucked up. What else can you do sometimes, you know? Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. So everything about this relationship went fast. They fell for each other fast. They slept together fast. And after a couple of months, Darum starts asking Catherine what she thought about getting married one day. And honestly, I think Catherine... Like, when I was 16, if the guy... 16, 17, the guy that I was dating was like, what about getting married one day? I'd be like, oh, yeah, we'll have a... We'll have two cars and a house with a garage. You know, like, just... And so I kind of think that's what her response was, like, kind of more like funny fantasy joking. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. And they started to call each other husband and wife, kind of like, you know, me and my husband have cute little pet names for each other. Same kind of thing, like husband, wife. uh, But it reads, yeah, it reads to me more like a joke, like a pet name. Like, I don't think Catherine was ever serious about wanting to marry Darum. But before long, Catherine felt that Darum was like suffocating her he's obsessed with her he always wants her around she never had freedom or a moment to herself and just felt pressured 
in this pressuring marriage and he's calling her his wife he's possessive and to say the least Catherine was like uh what did i get myself into what uh what am i uh what are you doing what 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 are you doing what are you doing <laughs> have you ever been in a relationship with that like where it's just like they don't understand that you need your you time do you know what i mean Oh, absolutely. Like, <sighs> I am one person that anytime I enter a relationship, I'm like, I need a day. One day where I crash and it's fine. This is fine. <laughs> I become part of the couch and talking to you is not part of that. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, healthy. it's just it's like, healthy. Darum did not compute. Not, uh, <laughs> does not compute. Yeah. Let's take a second to discuss marriage and engagement in Tudor England. For royal couples, you'd use the term pre-contract for an engagement a lot of the time. And it's exactly what it sounds like. And agreed upon, like, oh, when they get married, they get these lands, they get da 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 And once the pre-contract was signed, it was legally binding. And those were hell to get out of. Which I feel like um, we discussed quite a bit in the Anne of Cleves episode. Because remember, she was pre-contracted no. to a guy before Henry VIII. Yeah. Yeah, but for non-royal couples, it looks a little less formal. Like, after they stated that they wanted to marry each other, it's really common that they started sleeping together. So, like, the trip down the aisle was just formality. Yeah, like I've heard, um, once they stated their intent to marry each other, started sleeping together, they would just sometimes go to with each other in front of like a priest and be like, this is my husband, this is my wife. And the priest would be like, okay. okay. And and that <laughs> and that counted, you know? Like, why, why even deal with the anxiety of having a wedding? The money, bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> Same. Yeah. So <laughs> if they were already calling themselves husband and wife and sleeping together, in some people's eyes, they would have been considered married. So yeah. let's just, just keep that in mind. It seems that one day Catherine looked at the situation and was like, oh, you're my good. Oh my um, <laughs> he calls me wife and we sleep together, but oh. I have to eventually marry a duke or an earl or something ab- like equal or above me. I want to go to work at the royal court one day. And I want to be in the middle of the gossip I and the fashion. I want to be where the gossip is. <laughs> I want to hear, I want to hear the drama. <laughs> Girl, same. <laughs> you didn't even have to say same. I just saw it in your face. <laughs> like, he doesn't want, <laughs> like. <laughs> this is very serious. If you could focus, that would be great. <laughs> like she doesn't want to be the wife of a secretary right right she wants to be Catherine howard like, yes no. so she starts to distance herself from Darum, and he panics and just becomes more obsessive of like he he like doubles down on like where are you going who's gonna be there Da-da-da-da-da-da-da. and he'd show up to hang out and she'd be like i can't i'm sick <clears throat> um and boo you mean whore. girls yeah <laughs> And she's just really trying to distance herself, and he is freaking the fuck out. So clingy much? Yeah. Like, so let's distance ourselves from the moment. (laughs) So we're going to take a quick break. Yes. uh, Top of our drinks, and we'll be right back. 
Throughout history, royals across the world were notorious for incest. They married their own relatives in order to consolidate power and keep their blood blue. But they were oblivious to the havoc all this inbreeding was having on the health of their offspring. From Egyptian pharaohs marrying their own sisters to the Habsburgs' notoriously oversized lower jaws, I explore the most shocking incestuous relationships and tragically inbred individuals in royal history. And that's just episode one. On the History Tea Time podcast, I profile remarkable queens and LGBTQ plus royals, explore royal family trees, and delve into women's medical history and other fascinating topics. I'm Lindsay Holiday, and I'm spilling the tea on history. Join me every Tuesday for new episodes of the History Tea Time podcast, wherever fine podcasts are enjoyed. Did archaeologists discover Noah's Ark? Is the rapture coming as soon as the Euphrates River dries up? Does the Bible condemn abortion? Don't you wish you had a trustworthy academic resource to help make sense of all of this? Well, I'm Dan Beecher, and he's award-winning Bible scholar and TikTok sensation Dr. Dan McClellan. And we want to invite you to the Data Over Dogma podcast. Where our mission is to increase public access to the academic study of the Bible and religion, and also to combat the spread of misinformation about the same. But, you know, in a fun way. Every week we tackle fascinating topics, we go back to source materials in their original languages, and we interview top scholars in the field. So whether you're a devout believer, or you're just interested in a clear-eyed, deeply informed look at one of the most influential books of all time, we think you're going to love the Data Over Dogma podcast, wherever you subscribe to awesome shows. And we're back and change of conversation real quick. So in March 1539, Catherine's dad dies. Now, Edmund's gone and like the Howard family looks around and they kind of look at Catherine like, this is our responsibility now. Like, and they are like, let's go ahead and get all of Edmund's unmarried kids married or get them jobs or let's just take care of them so they're not like dependent on us. So not long after Edmund's funeral, her uncle uh, came to visit Lambeth House and, and her Lambeth House, and her uncle is a very, very powerful duke. Yeah. So his name is Thomas Howard, and he'd been traveling around Europe lately to secure the king, a new bride, and that new bride was Anne of Cleves. Anne of um, Cleves. <laughs> and. She'd be coming to England in just a few months. She was going to need ladies in waiting from noble families throughout England. And the Duke was like, Oh my God, I've got the perfect spot for you, Catherine. Yes. As one of her junior ladies in waiting. And Catherine, can you imagine like this girl who all she's ever wanted to do was like be in the glitz and glamour? It was like, I've got a golden ticket. Yes. that's what she felt (laughs) like i get to go to court where the drama and the fashion and the beauty and the gossip everything that i have lived up to this moment and because she was going to court they also had like she couldn't go in her like five or six dresses she had so she got a whole new wardrobe 
on I top wish. of it. <laughs> so I get it. So let, let me get this straight. I get to go to court. I get a new wardrobe. I get to meet the king. I get to know. I get to work for the queen. I get to see meet people coming from all over the world. Sign me the fuck up. Can I go now? Can I go right now? Like yeah, now, I'm, now, I'm, like right I'm, now, right now, like <laughs> right now, right now. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. Yes. He's excited is what we're getting at. <laughs> what we're getting at. <laughs> yeah. Francis was less excited. Yeah. Um, the two had a huge fight. Well, he's over like, you're it. leaving me. And she's like, uh. kind of. Yeah. <laughs> but like, dude. Get it through your fucking head. We're not getting married. I'm not going. I am going to London to work as a lady in waiting for the fucking queen. What part of this don't you understand? Get it through your head. Again, people say like surviving. Again, surviving records say that she was like meaner than she needed to be when breaking up with him. But some people don't fucking listen. When I give people criticism, I like to give it to them in a sandwich compliments yeah. are the bread sandwich. and the criticism is the middle it's, part it's called shit sandwich <laughs> sure. it's a shit sandwich like you compliment compliment criticism compliment yes compliment. <laughs> um but some people don't get it when you do it nicely like that and i think francis darum was one of these people that just didn't fucking get it so she had to be maybe a little bit ruder than when that was necessary but to save face francis told everyone that while she was like telling him she had to go to court she was crying and crying and telling everybody like oh i don't want to go to court but my family's making me i'm so sorry that we're gonna have to be apart from each other and when it got back to Catherine, that he was this is what he was telling everyone she was just sort of like whatever makes you feel better buddy that's okay <laughs> <laughs> sure Okay. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay, bro. Okay. Um, and, and in the late fall or early winter, fifteen thirty nine, Catherine Howard Catherine Howard arrives to Hampton Court Palace, and they're preparing for the arrival of the next Queen of England. Yes. Now you need to understand how exciting this was for everyone to have a queen again. Jane Seymour, the third wife of Henry VIII, has been dead for about three years. This is the longest he's gone without a wife. And when there's no queen, there's no women at court. Like, all the women that are at court work for the queen. So Hampton Court Palace had been a sausage fest for three years. And Sounds like a good time to me. <laughs> you know what? I hadn't but not for everyone else. <laughs> oh no i could see you with, like somewhere with just men for three years being like why does no one here want to talk about rue the drag race show like what is it <laughs> yeah why <laughs> like, why does anyone not want to put on makeup like what somebody is, please what? yeah i could see you getting sick of a, that kind of sausage fest i, I would, I would. <laughs> um but now in preparation for anne of cleve's arrival all the ladies in waiting are showing up back to court yeah and it's it's like this breath of fresh air. Oh, you know, feminine energy mm. is kind of awesome. And Henry, the king, is feeling like 
a young man he's again. He's so invigorated. Like, oh, flirty, fabulous. He's feeling his oats. And he really liked having ladies around yeah. again. Like, yeah. there's, there's no way around that. And I have to imagine Catherine Howard there with, like, stars in her eyes. You know, like, mm-hmm. j- just, like, shocked to be meeting the king. You yeah. know, because she certainly wouldn't she would never have met him before she wouldn't have spent time in court so she's like oh my goodness like huh but let's also like get it straight that she was not like attracted to him when they met and no part of her mind was thinking that they would ever have any kind of romantic relationship she was just starstruck you know yeah and given everything we know about Catherine, how do you think she did at court like she's beautiful she knows how to present herself. She's flirty. She's gossipy. She loves to dance. Hashtag she was popular. popular. Very popular. Popular. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> King Henry VIII was about 48 or 49 at the time. He had once been considered like a very charming and handsome man. But those days are behind him. <laughs> he is in his Nero era. To be honest. <laughs> it's true. Post-jousting accident. Yes. But with the pending arrival of the new queen, he had some pep in his step again. Like, the king is happy. Everyone's happy. Everything's wonderful. And Catherine would have started her career as a courtier at, in a very exciting time. Like, love and excitement is in the air. In the air. <laughs> yes. And not just for the king, either. After arriving, Catherine pretty much immediately meets this man named Thomas Culpepper. Mm. And once again, she is smitten kitten. She falls hard for him. (laughs) Nathan, tell us what he was like. Handsome? Check. Cocky? Check. Not the smartest man in the room? (laughs) Check. (laughs) Homegirl, she has a type. (laughs) She was hook, line, and sinker. She was like, absolutely. But after dating for like a month or so, she refuses to sleep with him and he breaks up with her. She has never experienced rejection before and she Mm. is crushed. She is brokenhearted. She, in front of her other like junior ladies in waiting, would cry and cry and cry and cry and just be like, why is this happening? She just didn't know. She never, no, she's the hottest chick in the room. Nobody's ever dumped her before. But girl, girl, pick your head up. Get get it together because the new queen has arrived. And Ooh. Anne of Cleves lands in England and now all her training, all of that education is put to work at Royal Court. Yes. Because she has to bag herself a good man for her family. Like and No time to that, cry over a boy. No, no time. And now she has the rest of her life ahead of her to make a family proud. She knows how to be perfect. She knows how to do all this shit. And that's where we're going to leave her for today. Don't Google it. (laughs) (laughs) Cheers, bitches. Cheers, bitches. (laughs) With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. 
In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.